Welcome back to a brand new episode of Two Please. I'm your host Abhin, and I'm your co-host Rohit. And on today's episodes, we will be discussing the best plot twists of all time. We're not, or are we? Plot twist. That, that does not count. That was, That's one of that, the best yeah, plot twists of all time. <laughs> yeah, that was very unconvincing. In we hindsight, long... that wasn't a great intro, but it's it lands the point. Yeah, we have a long way to go before we can convince anyone of that actually being a plot twist. One of us actually writing a, a nice little plot twist. But anyway, I digress. But before I jump, we jump into this episode. I want to like say one thing: massive spoiler alert. This yeah. episode, yeah, this episode, we will be discussing a set of films which I think we'll uh, talk about as soon as Gloria does her thing. But we will. highlight the movies where we'll be uh, discussing in detail so if you have not watched any of these movies please go check them out uh, and then come back in uh, and and listen to yeah actually for this episode let's tell our three movies uh, right at the start so that people mm-hmm. know okay this is what we're in for if you've not watched it and in fact guys if you want to avoid spoilers for the movies we're going to discuss I, it's it's against our interest but it's better you just avoid this episode so i mean it it's impossible to do it to an ep- uh, to do an episode on plot twists and just be like you know what i'm not going to tell you so uh, we are going to discuss spoilers the entire episode is going to be spoilers we'll name our movies up front so you know what you're in for if it's something you've not seen like abin said go watch the movie and then come back yeah also if you if you are some weird masochistic individual that likes having things spoiled for you uh i don't know i mean stick around i mean well, i do we were well, so yeah we're not your parents we we yeah. can't tell you what to do yeah you do one thing let's start the show i am big it's the pictures that got small welcome back we are back Uh, episode two of I think uh, yeah. Given that you're saying we're back, we should also address the the absentee elephant in the room, which is that uh, we haven't really recorded for almost two months now. Uh, a yeah. bunch of reasons, big life changes for both Abhin and me. Abhin and I both have sort of quit our jobs. We're both trying something new. Abhin got COVID. Abhin traveled uh, parts of the world. <laughs> I no, was mostly in Bangalore <laughs> all this time, but um, the larger point being, yes, now we're back and we're going to try and be more regular. Uh, get back to the whole one episode a week format mm-hmm. because uh, yeah, we have not. Been, we we want to continue yeah. doing this. It's not like thirty episodes are not a flash in the pan. It's it's not something we just do and move on. Exactly. Uh, we, like we both love doing this and we want to keep doing this and we hope our listeners, all those who have left. We'll come back and uh, give us more traction, and hopefully we. Uh, anyway, this is all going into a conversation that Abin and I, Abin and I were having offline. But uh, anyways, we hope things get back on track, and we'll do everything on our part to make sure we keep following that routine, keep following that schedule. Oh, don't worry about it. I think we have at least another four episodes planned out. By the time this yeah. episode drops, there we'll have those four recorded and kept. Um, so it's a little. I mean, I, I know this episode did. We're like not really jumping into the meat and bones of the episode just yet, but this is a bit of housekeeping that we had to do from our end. Yeah. Uh, as Rohit mentioned, life has been chaotic for the both of us. We've both um, had our own like uh, weird journeys these last two months. I as as of now when we're recording this, I am still testing positive for COVID for the first time in two years. Uh, I have successfully managed to dodge COVID. Until I no longer could dodge it, and I have been told recently that it was that it was not of my doing, but because of a certain somebody else. But I will not mention who, uh, because I value my friendships. I don't. I don't even know what I'm saying. Okay, you know what? Just you can skip. Like if you if you listen to this, please feel free to skip by another minute, and we'll have jumped into the actual uh, topic of this week's episode, which is of course. Plot twists. Now everyone loves a good plot twist. Who doesn't love a good plot twist? Yeah, I think uh, the only point I want to make here is uh, this is a point I made even in the Game of Thrones uh, episode, which is that uh, in today's day and age, it is so much harder to 
really you know outsmart the audience and have a plot twist that nobody can uh, anticipate because uh, if if you have if people know that you have a movie coming out the collective joblessness of the internet uh, you know it leads to people literally covering every possible angle for your narrative to uh, lead to right like uh, again i'll just like re state the example that i'd stated in the game of thrones episode like after infinity war people had every angle covered of end game like yeah. some of us obviously know the whole ant man going up thanos's asshole and what not Sp- speaking of speaking of ant man going up thanos's ass i would if you have if you are not watching the boys Use your next words carefully <laughs> okay yeah if you are not watching the boys you should be watching the boys and if you yes, have been yes, watching yes. the boys and if you have seen see the episode uh, the first episode of season 3 um <laughs> <that>, i mean <laughs> that, that's that's all i'm going to say because and i don't know for camera, some reason this yeah. this season every episode has something which is like out like it's way out there it's insane the first episode had that second mm-hmm. episode is the whole chimps don't cry yeah, exactly the yeah. amusement park <laughs> Uh, the latest episode had the whole fight with a specific implement exactly i'm not, not going to spoil it but mm. i mean every episode the boys this season they're just like okay what what the fuckery can we put in this episode and we haven't even gotten the hero gasm yet hero gasm is coming in episode 6 uh abin so, so far the only plot twist that's happened in this episode is our deviation from the main topic so i think we should get back to uh, yeah. the matter at hand let's first okay. like we said let's mm-hmm. first uh, announce the three movies that we each want to cover okay so what what are your three so the three movies i'm going to talk about are again here i've decided to pick old established movies so that even the spoilers hopefully i'm not spoiling something uh, terribly for anyone hopefully you you all have watched these movies i'm going to talk about psycho the sixth sense and fight club mm-hmm. again very famous been there been out there long enough and hopefully all of you have watched it and i just realized psycho and six sense sorry six sense and fight club were in the same year 99 wow what a year yeah oh it was also oh, this, oh yeah <laughs> you have a movie in, from the 99s or oh, you have two movies from the, from the year 99 i do yeah. have a movie from the year 99 um it is ram gopal varma's con starring vimala <laughs> mathonkar now have you seen con Unmila Matonkar and Ajay Manoj Bajpayee Manoj Bajpayee yes yeah. I I I know the plot of the movie I yes. don't remember who would act in all but yeah I remember the twist as well yeah so uh, my so con is one of my three uh, the other two are 2009's Cabin in the Woods and 2016's Arrival uh, mm. which uh which are different think, kind of plot twist but equally yeah. impactful i'd say equal yeah like arrival's plot twist is something that i i didn't quite see coming uh and yeah i mean i i think before we get into this this week's episode there is another movie that i recommend everyone check out if possible i wanted to discuss it as one of my three but I've been let's ever since we came up with the idea for this episode which is kind of like last night uh <laughs> I've, been, I've been struggling with whether or not to reveal the plot twist for this film when that is 2003's old boy and I have now come to the conclusion that I will not reveal it because in my opinion it is the single greatest plot twist in a movie one could possibly expect or rather not expect to, to happen I, uh, I I remember the both of us we were sitting in a little uh, one of those little convenience stores outside college discussing old boy <laughs> uh and i remember getting to the end of that film and just being thoroughly shocked you feel dirty more like i felt like you oh my god exactly. what did i what yeah. just happened exactly right and i would and i wouldn't want to spoil that experience for anybody else because old boy is a great fucking film it it opens up with a bang it just does not slow down it's relentless and uh, it has a climax that will leave you absolutely mind fuck <laughs> so to speak just a just a psa here uh we're referring about we're 
talking about the 2003 Korean movie yeah, please yeah. do not make the mistake of watching the spike lee remake it is top this, to bottom this, shit i have i have not watched the spike lee remake but i know i mean i've seen enough material on what like i think people have the people who've reviewed uh spike lee's old boy uh have not exactly been uh, shy on going down the spoiler route so i know what their twist is and their twist is very different from uh the the old boy the 2003 old boy twist and spike lee doubles down on on uh, on the plot twist and it just doesn't work it comes of course as almost comedic yeah whereas opposed to the, the twist in the 2003 old boy is is all is borderline horror so yeah. i would like i would seriously um um like i i highly recommend checking out the 2003 version and and i highly recommend you staying away from the 2013 version um another movie i would that was also on my list that did not make it is 2000 is another 2002 movie i believe uh, called identity directed by james mangold starring mm. john cusack amanda peet ray liotta i think sam jackson is also in this uh and it's a retelling of uh, alfred molina is also in this of course it's a retelling of agatha christie's and there were none but with a very interesting uh, um twist thrown in for good measure it's on netflix here i assume it's playing on netflix in india as well or just only across the world a great noir film for for you to check out it didn't it, it didn't do do a, a lot of business when it first came out but it has de- developed a massive cult following since i remember watching this on tv what 15 16 years ago and being blown away by it i like it was one of those really interesting murder mysteries that you can really sink your teeth into another one another movie i recommend that we will not be spoiling on this this week's episode do you have any recommendations that you don't want didn't want to talk about i do have one movie that i'd want to uh, that I, i was toying with in uh, to include in this but i decided not to because it's not a very well known movie but mm-hmm. uh, the plot twist in it is like i've heard uh, i i was this movie was recommended to me by a friend and even he was like you'll never see it coming and you honestly don't this is 1987's angel heart mm-hmm. i think it stars mickey rourke and robert de niro mm-hmm. uh, it's set in the louisiana new orleans sort of black magic scene there's mm-hmm. a bit of occult, very, there's a bit of modern late 1980s uh, mickey rourke was basically this right he was in, he was in erotic thrillers and he was in like actual thrillers yeah and this movie has a twist that you absolutely do not see coming uh, the rest of the movie is decent it's not bad but people remember it just for how outrageous uh the twist is and how the movie actually kind of manages to pull it off so angel heart 1987 for those of you who haven't heard of it i would definitely uh give it a shout out and uh, recommend that you uh, take take a look but uh, with that i think we should get into the movies uh, we want to discuss yeah, yeah. abin you want to go first okay let me go first so i think let's start at the beginning let's start with my oldest movie on the list we're going to talk about 1999's con starring udmila matonkar manoj bajpai uh, directed by um rangupa varma tells the story of a woman who's who is basically alone in a house one one evening and then a man uh keeps knocking at the door and keeps trying to get in uh, asking for a certain somebody and he becomes more and more unhinged as uh the film progresses now have you seen con long back i think i would have seen it on z cinema or yeah one of those channels again i was a kid mm-hmm. i remember specific scenes from the movie with her peeping into the peep hole and manoj bajpai's face all all up you know close up to the yeah. this thing mm-hmm. and he's asking her in in like like you said mm-hmm. he's increasingly getting more agitated and getting mm-hmm. more unhinged so i remember the feeling of the movie i don't remember specific scene but i definitely remember the twist yeah so do you i mean i would do you want to talk about the twist like do you know no no, no go for it go for it go for it so it turns out that as this man keeps trying to get into this house that urmila mathurkar is the intruder herself and it's not uh manoj bajpai which to me like when i first saw it absolutely blew my 
brains out. I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is insane. Turns out Umila Matankar is very much the serial killer that's on the loose. Of course, they talk about this. The serial killer has been going around getting into people's houses. And it just turns out she happens to be the serial killer. And um, when, when, that, when that twist hits, because you, the position, like the film positions Umila Matankar as the, as the victim, as the final girl, or rather the final and the only girl more more like <laughs> but it it was one of those movies one of the first few first few times i've had an experience with the plot twist that i didn't see coming the only other experience was at least around this age was with with gupt uh, where and i'm and i can like happily spoil gupt at this point because i feel like we've spoken about this on a few other episodes as well i think this third episode we're talking about <laughs> gupt. Gupt. yeah yeah i mean and i love gupt and yeah dude gupt yeah don't make no bones, yeah, about, bones it. about it exactly but um that twist is one of the more it's an it's an original story from what i've known from all my from, from my research i don't think this this came from anywhere else and to have kept the audience on tenterhooks for so long, especially in the 90s, in, in, in an era where there weren't as many good thrillers in Bollywood as they as they currently are. Like, I don't think yeah. that even now there are that many. I haven't, uh, you said Rata Keli Hai is something that... Um, yeah, Rata Keli Hai is uh, a good noir movie. Hmm. The twist is also... Um, I don't want, you haven't watched it, right? I, I haven't seen it. it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it's something... You've already ruined it for me. The... Yeah, you've already ruined that for me. That's why I know what to expect. It, it, it is very reminiscent of a, of a Jack Nicholson movie is what you basically said. Yes. Uh, yeah. yes. So we, we spoke about this on the on the, on, the, on that on one of those episodes. Yeah. So Radha so, Kelly is one mm-hmm. recent movie which has a great twist and has a great noir feel. But yeah, yeah for the most part, I think... Uh, yeah, I don't think there's movies of that ilk made very often in Bollywood to begin with. Also, I feel that whole era of, you know, turn of the millennium, sort of 99 to 2003, 2005, Urmila Matonkar and RGV made a brilliant partnership. Like if mm-hmm. they both were working on anything like a horror or thriller, there was obviously Khan, there was Booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew it was going to be a good movie. You knew it was going to make money. You knew it was going to give you your money's, your tickets worth. Um, I think... Khan probably is overshadowed because Bhut was this exactly. humongous success. Success, yeah. But uh, I would say, maybe contentious opinion here, but I would say Khan is a better movie than Bhut. Bhut yeah, is a lot I more direct. Yeah. It's, it's a better cinematic experience, but Khan is a smarter movie. Exactly. I, I fully, fully agree. I think Bhut has, you know, throws in a supernatural element and um, it... I mean, it's it's it is a terrifying experience. I, I don't know how it. I haven't seen Booth in what since two thousand since the early two thousands. I haven't. Yeah. I don't know how it holds up by modern standards. I remember Booth has this uh, astrologer auntie Rati Agniyotri. Ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bro, why do you have so many malas and angutis on your hand? Of course, you just had to like they had to do it. It has that whole you know that lady being like, oh, your house is cursed, and then. I remember the kitchen sequence in, earlier on in the movie being very terrifying. Where she yeah. Goes to, yeah. So, uh, but I don't, I don't quite know how it, how it holds up today. But Khan is again is from my. I mean, now that we we already spoken about it, if you uh, and I may have ruined the film for people who haven't checked it out. I don't think you are either. You are going to go and track down Khan anywhere. I don't think it's run. It's streaming anywhere. It's probably on YouTube if it is anywhere else. But. Um, one of my favorite plot twists in a movie in like, if not my first favorite plot twist in a movie um, that I've enjoyed. Okay. So with that, I'm going to, I'm going to get into my first movie. I think even I'll go sort of chronologically, uh, not that I was intending to, but the movie I'm going to talk about is uh, arguably, again, this is again a contentious statement, but arguably Alfred Hitchcock's best movie. I'm talking mm-hmm. about 1960s Psycho starring Anthony Perkins and uh, Janet Leigh. Um, again, wonderful, wonderful movie. Uh, Enough and More has been uh, waxed eloquent about this movie in, in public forums and publications, critics, magazines, whatnot, right? Uh, again, not a twist that is unknown to most people. If, if you consider yourself even halfway as in you you've you've heard of what the twist is and in fact something that's been referenced in pop culture 
so many times so many since. times yeah uh so not something that isn't out there in the side guys i hope i'm not spoiling this for anyone but if you are sitting in 2022 not knowing what the spoiler uh, or the twist plot twist of uh, psycho, psycho is, is. Uh, i'm sorry. <laughs> sorry sorry exactly. not sorry <laughs> but i think here what hitchcock really uh, deserves credit for is the brilliant misdirection in the first half an hour of the movie for those of you who watched the movie the first half an hour of the movie is almost sort of like a heist thriller where mm-hmm. janet lee's character is shown to steal some money from her employer and she makes a run for it she decides to sort of like go on the run change her name and stuff like that so for the first half an hour of the movie you're like oh this is a, a sort of thriller it's a it's a crime thriller sort of and you're like okay where does janet lee's character go with this and then she gets to bates motel she books a room and you're like okay this is all part of her escape from the law her run from the law and then she's like okay she's talking to anthony perkins's character norman bates you're like okay some he's some mm. random dude at this point in the story he's on the periphery yeah he's not he's not your focus exactly and then just half an hour into the movie you're like what just happened <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie just turns on its head and then you're like mm. okay now the movie started and yeah. and then it like the tone of the movie the, like it's it's no longer a, a crime thriller it's almost a horror uh, yeah pretty much yeah it is a horror movie almost and uh, then then it's just a whole other movie and then you're just like on the edge of your seat biting your fingernails wondering how are these things happening what's happening who's who's controlling what and the other thing that hitchcock does really well is the framing of the whole motel setting when mm-hmm. his house is on top of the hill and the yeah. hotel rooms are at the bottom and bottom. when the you know lights turn on in one of the rooms there and mm-hmm. you see somebody it's yeah. so much suspense and i think hitchcock does that brilliantly in terms of you know building suspense through framing which is something he's done really well even in rare window so oh, i was about to bring that up yeah i was like rare yeah, window when, for me is possibly my favorite hitchcock film uh in in terms of pure tension because it's yeah. uh even though i i adore psycho i really i think it is basically the first movie to ever kill off its heroine in the first act is leading yeah. like the, the the most high profile actor in the film is dead in the first half an hour right so <laughs> which is to audiences at the time in 1960 everyone was like wait what and now i'm i'm here talking to you about psycho release in, in the year 1960 and i kind of slowly coming i'm coming to terms with 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 the with the idea that it lost our best it won best picture over over the apartment that year <laughs> oh and, man yeah and i know it's it's a struggle but then you you think it you think about no, psycho's yeah. legacy and you yeah. think about what it has done for for genres and what it has and yeah. and that twist at the end because this is obviously talking about the the plot twist where the the main character gets bumped off in the first the first act we haven't even spoken about norman bates's mom uh who is the supposed killer at the end of the uh, yeah. at the and end of the that like you've already you've had one session of you know reeling from a plot twist where when you see janet lee being uh slashed in the in the shower again a very very a uh, like iconic scene which has been awesome, parodied yeah. and referenced yeah. referenced countless number of times where with the whole uh, slashing in the shower and those discordant violins playing in the background the whole kick 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 i mean you know yeah, exactly. you know you know what we're talking no, yeah. about exactly and uh, you are already like sort of like reeling from that and then you're sort of absorbed into the rest of the story and when that final plot twist of uh, when they reveal that it's actually norman bates who mm. is dressing up as his mother because he, he has a fractured mind his mother's dead yeah. he's sort of grotesquely using the term here he's cosplaying as uh, yeah. as his mom uh, and is committing the murders at that point you're just like like what is happening for anthony perk wasn't it his debut yeah, i think it was his debut i'm not sure maybe he mm. was Two like, films old at most. Yeah, I think it was big, la big, like what do you say, big, big profile break. role. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but but wow, what like that that movie is. I I recommend it to everybody to check it out. Maybe there are, there are certain people who don't who who may not uh, find that the movie is aged, and there there are definitely points in the film where you know it it does go for hysteria, 
and I, I, it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but in terms of um, in terms of how to best set up a suspense thriller, few do it better than Psycho. I think in terms of just. And I think a lot of credit here goes to the source material because this is not it's an adaptation. Psycho, mm-hmm. it's not a an original oh, screenplay. There was a book out there. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, it's a testament to how good the plot twist was. Even Hitchcock knew that he has something unprecedented on his hands mm-hmm. uh, because when when he had decided to make the movie and when he was when he was getting closer to the release date. Hitchcock bought up all of the bought out all of the copies of the book in circulation mm-hmm. so that no one could read the book and know what the twist was. Oh, that's I know how, this. Oh, that's yeah. how sure he was of how good the twist is and how how much people are going to be bowled over by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to have the conviction to say buy out all of the books that are out there in the market, I, I don't want anyone to know. I want everyone to come to the theater and get mind fucked by it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. One of the yeah. most famous and one of the most brilliant like plot twists in cinema history, I'd say. There's a great homage to it in the first scream. Now, if you haven't seen the first scream, I highly recommend that you go track it down. Another movie with another great plot twist. I think scream, the first scream has, uh, has a insane uh, end to the film. As a matter of the movie is very meta. So the, the most high profile yeah. actor in that film at the time anyway, was Drew Barrymore. And Drew Barrymore gets bumped off in the first 10 minutes. Uh, in a direct homage uh, to Psycho. Yeah. Wes Craven's extremely tongue-in-cheek uh, slasher thriller. Slasher, slasher comedy, I would even go as to say, because that movie is, is quite funny. and It is, which is again referenced, so the recent Fear Street movies, uh-huh. I don't recall if it was the second or yes, third. Yes, no, it was it's the first Maya, one with Maya Hawk, right? Maya, Maya Hawk dies in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, it is said that Fear Street is referencing Scream, mm-hmm. but now that you mention it, it is actually knowingly or unknowingly referencing Psycho. Obviously, yeah. So I, I feel like everyone, like, Scream was a direct nod to Psycho, right? Where Scream yeah. has said, oh yeah, that was my, that was a direct nod to Psycho. And talking about Scream, the Scream movies, uh, so two and three, not really great. Four has a great twist. Four has one of my favorite twists in recent memory, I would uh, recommend. And five also, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and I hope I haven't spoiled it for myself because uh, I opened up a video and somebody said something that may have indicated to who the actual killer in the film is. But I, that's that's something that's still on my list. And by the time this episode drops, I may have actually watched it. Um, but but yeah, that's if you have not seen Psycho, I am sorry we have spoiled it for you. If you've seen Psycho, and let us know if you've liked it or not liked it because kind of a, <laughs> I really do love that twist in the film. Both of them, actually. Yeah, both of them. Okay. Okay, so I'll quickly move on to my second one as well. Just to... Oh, this is also a plot twist. It's not alternating. Uh-huh, I'm going to try and find plot twists everywhere. <laughs> okay, no. So, um, my second movie... So, my next two movies are uh, both from the same year. Uh, same year as uh, Con, in fact. Uh, <laughs> not that it matters, but anyways. And the second movie I want to talk about is uh, 1999's uh, The Sixth Sense. Again, a plot twist that everyone and their grandma knows by now. I mean, if you don't know the plot twist of Sixth Sense, I can't help you. Sorry. Uh, Again, something that has been referenced probably even more so than the psycho plot twist, I guess. Because it it lends itself to jokes easily as well, uh, the twist. So again, brief recap for uh, those who may not have seen uh, Sixth Sense stars Bruce Willis, uh, who's uh, been brought in to help this kid. His mom hires the PI, hires Bruce Willis to help the kid, played by Haley Joel Osment, because she believes he is seeing some visions uh, that he's not able to understand. And she needs, even she's not sure what it is, but she wants help trying to understand it and enlist Bruce Willis to do that. Uh, so Bruce Willis ends up spending a lot of time with the kid and uh, where the kid tells him, uh, I see dead people and uh, they kind mm. of try to solve the mystery together. And obviously at the end of the movie, you realize, um, I, I can't say this without laughing because of all the jokes that have been made about it. But uh, you, that the twist at the end of the movie is that Bruce Willis's character was dead all along. Yeah. And therefore, Haley Joel Osment was able to have a conversation with him, was able to interact with him. 
uh here again i would say this this movie is a sort of poison chalice for m night shyamalan the director <laughs> because was, every yeah. subsequent movie he's made he's just been held to the standard or rather i feel in his head he sort of gone too much into kind of trying to live up to this and he has to i think he feels the pressure of delivering the next big twist in each and every one of his movies where the twist the story of the movie is in service of the twist almost Mm-hmm. so it's never a satisfactory experience uh it's it's probably unfortunate that he had his big success right at the start of his career for him to disappoint us for the rest of it but I mean, you have uh, unbreakable which came out after this and i think that's a really good movie i mean i mean yeah uh, like if i were to pick specific movies is unbreakable and there's also split hmm. both split, really yeah. good movies both hmm. have really good twists Uh, but yeah you i mean the whole end yeah. night shamalan trope being that he's he's become the plot twist king now, exactly yeah uh, to his detriment um, but yeah uh, all said and done stand alone six sense is an amazing movie so in hindsight when you have to sort of retrofit the fact that you know he was talking to a lot of other people in the movie and nobody was responding to him it's it's a lot to it's a lot of suspension of disbelief i'd say i mean either bruce willis character is a massive loser so that <laughs> you know in that he's talking to people and nobody's in bother to respond to him uh, or you're just like you know what that that's a bit of a stretch that's the only sort of complaint i have with the movie which is otherwise amazing yeah so i was not allowed to see this movie but my mother has a thing with with suspense thrillers and horrors so she needs to talk to somebody about it so my parents went to watch this opening night and they came back and uh, i remember still remember remember seeing the uh, the sign which was in front of rex which is a popular theater in bangalore down the gidot and i remember seeing the big billboard for the six sense which is the six and bruce willis turning his neck back uh, and like that was the whole thing and hey jola i remember the trailers i remember like the buzz that that came out from that film my mother broke down the story for me and i couldn't believe what the twist was i was like what wow and then i realized i was would never be able to watch this movie so i picked up the the novelization of the movie and that's how i read that's how i read six sense because um it opens up with um with bruce willis getting shot like there is a man who approaches him him and his wife i think in a hotel uh and then and then it cuts to the story of him trying to help out trying to help out uh, hail joel osman's character and there is there is what shamlan does well is also that like, he holds tension in that movie very well and there are some scenes some images that stick with you um mm-hmm. misha barton's character that underneath the bed terrifies me to this day and then the the sequence where uh there's a boy who tells heri jo last friend i'll show you where my father keeps his gun and then turns around to walk back and his you see the, the back of his head yeah. is blown to bits so it's just uh there is it, it it's, it's it's a thriller but there are several horror tropes that are that are used to great effect oh, uh, absolutely i would i would say it is a horror film it, it mm-hmm. is legitimately a horror film there are moments exactly the two that you mm-hmm. mentioned mm-hmm. uh are the exact specific moments that i will never forget it's very exactly. fresh in my memory i remember mm-hmm. when i was watching it i remember my stomach dropping out and shitting <laughs> and me shitting breaks at those scenes so and a great great twist in the uh at the end of the film i think bruce willis is possibly one of his best performances hilly draw lastman career best um i don't i think i think with when you come when you break out of the role like that it's very hard to live yeah, it down yeah you peak too early yeah i i like him in the boys that first season of the boys he was he, he was quite funny and i feel like he's gone down his own happy little path yeah he was also uh, in silicon valley no he's yeah. playing this nice character yeah. Yeah, for him, I think he's he's just basically trying to get away from that trope, uh, from 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 that typecast uh, role yeah. rather. And I think it's, I mean, props to him. You got nominated for an Oscar for that at eleven years old. Yeah, but dude, like I still, sorry to bang mm. on about the point, but nobody mm. talks to Bruce Willis. We're supposed to like, <laughs> it's not believable, dude. <laughs> Like even outcasts in school and all, if you bump into someone, they'll be like, they'll acknowledge you. Nobody's acknowledging yeah. the guy. And how did she hire him? 
Well, I don't I'm not quite sure either. I don't think she's ever hired him, right? Or rather she knows she's just showed up by this weirdo oh, just like hey. She speaks to him at the start of the movie. I'm, I'm not oh, quite sure. Oh, and then he dies in yeah. Yeah. It's that's the only sort of it takes away from the believability of the twist, but yeah, hmm. otherwise amazing. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, I think the sixth sense is is up there possibly if i think it is it, it's to its credit in in the 21st century if you were to associate a plot twist with any with any film the first film that comes to your mind is the sixth sense and that's yeah it's movie. it's the plot twistiest movie out yeah. there yeah and i mean until we get to your third but <laughs> the, the my third movie is not remembered i mean it is the plot twist is a big part of it it's remembered for a lot of other things Yeah. Six Sense is now in pop culture distilled to the plot twist. Plot twist. The rest yeah. of it doesn't matter. It's just been dead all along is equal to Six Sense. Yeah. So okay, uh, I think that was Six Sense. Let's move on to my second. So my second was a, is a 2009 horror film uh, called Cabin in the Woods, directed by Drew Goddard, written by Drew Goddard, and I think Joss Whedon is also is also has his fingerprints on this, unfortunately. Uh, no. Drew Goddard directed it, not. Oh, okay. Uh, so Drew Goddard, who also um, penned the Great Daredevil series, and is mm, now getting his first. Yeah. Oof. Daredevil. If you haven't seen Daredevil on Netflix, I highly recommend that you do. It has a a middling. It's not season. on Netflix in India anymore. Oh, it's on Disney. Marvel on, content has moved to Hotstar. Hotstar, right? Hotstar and and Disney as well, um, here, but. If you ever want to see a great first and third season of a show, it's on. It's on Daredevil. Daredevil's third yeah. season for me is phenomenal, and I and I thought didn't think I honestly got to it very late because I found the second season to be very um, a run of the mill. I, the I second quite, like, second season drags. It's yeah. a single. It's two episodes drawn into however many there were eight or ten order. Exactly, but so, so uh, not. But the third season is is, is absolutely phenomenal. And great action sequences. It's so visceral. It's in the moment. Yeah. The camera doesn't cut away. It's just mm. one take, single take of fighting. It. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we digress. Thing. But mm. please watch yeah. Daredevil if you haven't. Exactly. It's being renewed for another season on Disney Plus, and I don't know how that's going to going to look. But anyway. Going back to Cabin in the Woods. Now, Cabin in the Woods is is tells a story of five teenagers, teenage something, college kids, going to spend a weekend at a cabin in the woods. Now, we've obviously heard that premise before. You have obviously popularized by Evil Dead and mm. several other cabin in the woods stories or haunted house stories that have come since. But there's a twist. and the twist is that they are all being sacrificed to peace the older gods and there's an <laughs> entire and there's an entire facility underneath the cabin in the woods that is gaming their every move uh to make sure that the sacrifices take place as organically as possible so <laughs> when you're watching that's the first big twist because you're trying to figure out what is happening in the story here right and very quickly you you realize okay this isn't your this isn't a horror movie at all i mean of course it has it has a lot of horror beats to it but when you really break it down into um what it is it's it's a it's a it's an adventure film it's it's, it's an action thriller to to a certain extent and it may not be for everybody's tastes because i've been in rooms where people have loved the movie i've been in rooms where people have absolutely hated the experience i think the movie is designed to be divisive also uh, similar to i mean i'm just drawing a parallel with psycho here the brilliance is in the misdirection in the sense that um, for most part of the movie you're like okay so bunch of teenagers go to camp in the woods i've seen this before this is so you know this such an old trope part of you is wondering okay is this film meta so is it and if you're making a meta film ideally you're going to critique the tropes you're you're mm-hmm. displaying or whatever you're going to parody it there's going to be some play on it but, but yeah, again but the thing is like it, it actually progresses yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it progresses like it is following the trope it's not really parodying or critiquing it just like so is this a meta film or is this just a super formulaic like this is so done and dusted like why are we revisiting this and you keep seeing you keep watching you like 
okay everything that is supposed that has happened in 50 other movies before this is happening so and you keep waiting your your and then when the twist hits you're just like whoa there is not a chance in a million years mm-hmm. that you know i would have thought this whole thing is a simulation or whatever it's a Mm. almost hunger games esque tournament mm-hmm. that they set up to like so what they, these, what uh, they do right crafty and older mm. gods what they keep doing is they keep interspersing uh, scenes from the facility below so you're trying to figure out what how the two connect yeah in essence and then when uh, when it does eventually reveal itself that oh like the entire thing is being set up uh and to a point where even they even have that guy at the at the petrol uh, station saying go back um this place is dangerous like nobody yeah. ever comes back so they nail it nail the trope down to a t and then when uh, when they eventually pick zombie redneck family and and i remember the reveal where they come out of the ground and then it cuts to a screen where people have lost bets because um they they thought they'd pick a different horror so everyone mm. bets on who on what okay. horror they're about to unleash right and uh, so z- zombie family like zombies is different to zombie redneck families so the people who bet on zombies are pissed off they lost money to the zombie redneck family and it's like a whole um i mean it, it, you you end up laughing at it and i this is something i've been told recently there are certain people out there that don't like comedy in their horror movies mm. which i find I understand but also I don't I like for me it makes no I can sense. understand that it's a very subjective choice it's not mm. for everybody if you somebody if somebody doesn't like it I totally understand but if you don't I would my only submission would be that you give Tucker and Dale versus Evil a watch because uh, <laughs> for me that is the epitome of horror comedy uh I mean oh my god belly laughs galore in that movie but anyway uh, i digress this is, yeah there's a, yeah, there's a great wood chip wood chip a sequence in that movie oh my god when he dives into the wood chip and i'm just like what is happening <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh, but yeah i digress coming back to the uh, coming back to cabin in the woods again this the the payoff of you as a viewer which i was saying right you're just like okay is this a trope or is this a a, a meta commentary on it and you're mm-hmm. watching 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 and when the twist finally happens you're like oh it was a meta movie all along yes thank god so and again you know, that reveal yeah. can go either way people might love it people might hate it so the the, the so the one thing that they try and they they make, they make fun like the thing with horror movies people make dumb decisions right like they yeah. make that's the whole point and that's very infuriating to some but you realize in this movie everyone like all five of the people in the cabin are very smart uh and if it and we all say we should stick together we should you know like uh if we stick together we'll be okay <laughs> for that is there's a contingency plan as well they release mists that make them um slightly discombobulated and yeah. they they and they they mix and that forces them to make stupid decisions i i love those little twi- little you know uh little bits of originally i've been thrown in there i'm like okay fine now and they've given thought it's not exactly. like just blindly following the trope You're like guys this is what's wrong with the trope can we address this in our plot and make it believable so it's just not people rolling their eyes and saying hey this i've seen before and when they eventually discover when the two uh, <laughs> like hemsworth is in this movie so i think mm. this is hemsworth shot this before before thor right or yeah. he wasn't thor famous at the point at this point Jesse Williams I think is the other big actor in this and I I kind of need to like correct a little bit I know this movie I said this movie came out in 2009 but it's actually 2011 which makes sense cuz I saw it in 2012 uh, but <laughs> I, I think there's some news about how it was shot before Thor and how it it took a while for distributors to pick it up mm. um but uh, I I I would be remiss in my duties if I weren't uh dis- I didn't bring up the big scene in this movie which is when they discover the facility and let the monsters loose so the basically is that these the two the two uh, survivor members drop down into uh, the facility discover that there are all these ancient beings kept in um in steel in, in glass cages and then um the facility people realize that these two have like jumped in and they send a force to go uh, wipe them out but instead these two just release all the monsters into the facility and it becomes an absolute bloodbath 
that sequence of the elevator doors opening and all the monsters attacking the like whatever their SWAT team is supposed to be is gorgeous. I must have replayed that scene about what five six times just to like mm-hmm. witness all the things that are happening in there because you have your Hellraiser. Uh, uh, Cenobites, you have um, uh, you have this giant snake, you have bats, you have werewolves, you have insects, you have uh, like just name your you, you have there's a great merman joke that ends up coming back uh, later on in the movie, um, and like this there's, there's so much about that, that, that I enjoy about Cabin in the Woods. Of course, when the final girl reveal happens, they bring in Sigourney Weaver. Uh, yeah. Because just just to cement that final bit of metalness. So scream queen of all scream queens. I mean, not that she's screaming, but yeah, horror queen. Horror queen. I think the original scream queen was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis for Halloween, I think, right? Yeah. Um, so, but but yeah, I mean, speaking I of elder gods, just a quick note here. Uh, again, another digression in an episode which has had uh, its fair share. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the latest uh, season of Love, Death, and Robots? I have not seen it. No, it's on my mm, list. There's uh, there's one episode which has an elder god in it. Amazing! How I mean, one of the most atmospheric episodes of Love, Death, and Robots. Is it the that one I've that seen. I keep seeing on the uh, on the what do you call uh, uh, on the thumbnail? There's one where they're submerged in the excuse me, they submerged in water and then they get attacked. Uh, like there's a the one with the face no. paint. No, not that one. No, no, no. that's a different oh. one. Oh. That's a, a different episode, which is probably one of the weaker ones, I'd say. But this one episode is nice, but the reveal at the end, oh man, it's amazing. Oh. Okay, I'm definitely I mean, I've, I've kind of spoiled it for you. You know where it's leading, okay. but it's the journey that's really enjoyable. Okay, and so, as long as that's that's that, uh, I'm okay. But anyway, um, coming back. Yeah. Yes. So, Cabin in the Woods, great fun. Highly, highly recommend. Um, if you've watched it, let us know what you think of it. There'll be a little section in the pod where you can leave your thoughts. Like we've been asking, uh, like we've been basically doing for the previous few episodes. Please, please, uh, like have, have a discussion with us. Just let us know what you think. Um, moving on. What is you your third film? film? I can do my third. Twist. Okay, fine. Another plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> So let's do my third and my final. Uh, I am talking about um, 2016's Arrival, Denny Villeneuve's Arrival. Now, I remember the, the day I went to watch it. It was a Saturday matinee show. Not a lot of people in the theater. There was the four of us. Uh, and in the corner, there was this um, this couple making out who clearly had no interest in being there. They just um, man, why the fuck are you coming to a Denny Villeneuve movie if you have no interest in watching what's happening? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, to each their own, I guess. But Arrival is is slightly different to the other movies on this list. It's not a horror. It's not a thriller. It's uh, it's it's a it's a sci-fi film. It's about a woman um, trying to communicate with aliens who've landed um, on her uh, on Earth, while she also struggles to come to terms with events of her <laughs> of her past right that's basically the mm. flashbacks to events during her past and um the movie takes place in between um like in, in between those those events and her establishing like trying to figure out what the language of the aliens uh, is supposed to mean and then i mean f- for the most part, very atmospheric, very Denny Villeneuve, right? Like extreme, like wonderful cinematography, great performances. And then that twist hits. Now, have you seen Arrival? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I mean, I'll come to the twist, but a couple of points I do want to address about the film and Denny Villeneuve in general. I love the fact that in my head, I feel Denny Villeneuve is the director Christopher Nolan wanted to be. But mm. sort of lost his way uh, in the process. Uh, I, mean, I, I, is... I blame the Batman series for it. For good or for, for better or for worse, it has like it's severely. I would say Batman series plus Inception because mm-hmm. Inception sort of gave him validation. The, the validation he took from Inception is the wrong sort of validation. Yeah, Inception is an intelligent movie, not as intelligent as he as as thinks it is. He yeah. thinks he is. It is. Mm-hmm. 
Denny Villeneuve is, I mean, I love the fact that he respects his audience not to, uh, you know, have exposition for everything. Uh, there's a lot left to the viewer to understand. Um, he explains just about enough. And the movie is not simplified. The exactly. plot is not simplified. The movie is, his movies are complicated. Uh, very it's, much a thinking man's movie. Very much a thinking man's movie. And you can't, like like we said, you can't really be making out in a, in a Denny Miller movie and hope to understand even 10% of what's happening. You have exactly. to focus. Mm-hmm. You, it is a cinematic commitment. Exactly. And it is a commitment which so far has always been rewarding. Any Denny Villeneuve movie, if you pay attention, you will come out of the movie, uh, movie theater having had a great experience. Uh, for that, I, I love, I mean, exactly. In the, I, I mean, there's no better, better way for me to put it. He's a director Nolan wanted to be, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see that at full play here. The, the, the plot of the movie, again, this is an adaptation. The short story, or the, whatever, the story itself is not simple. Denis Villeneuve does not really simplify it for the audience any more than is required. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the story itself is complicated. Even, even when, before you get to the twist, the, the conceptual leap that you have to make is the fact that the aliens use language as a method to communicate time mm-hmm. is such yeah. a paradigm shift for us because that's not how we as we humans come- are programmed to think. Exactly language and time don't really have a language can be used to express time yes but mm-hmm. they don't have a linear connection in the way it does for these for this civilization mm-hmm. so there is a complexity at a conceptual level and the way that conceptual complexity is used in the context of amy adams character mm-hmm. i mean the way it all comes together at the end you're just like chef's kiss I, I mean just like do you want do you want to review the plot twist no, no, again, go for it. Again, for me, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure if I have the plot twist correctly because it's so, like, you know, the timeline. You know, you and me is. both. You and me both. Because for me, I, or I I believe the plot twist is that the aliens are communicating to her. Uh, what she's seeing has not happened yet, right? Like, yes. Exactly. Yeah, so I, again, I think like you, I'm not really sure. Like, I've, I've understood the, the twist, but I... I don't know if I'm getting this right. You understand the twist at a gut level, at an emotional exactly. level. Yeah. It may not make sense to you at a cerebral level or at a, you know, very uh, factual level, but you get, okay, I get it. Like, I so get it. she and Jeremy Renner have this factual relationship because they had a daughter that, that passed away. Yeah. Yeah. But it turns out the, if those events have not yet taken place, even though she's yeah, seeing them. going to happen. Yeah. And the way it's shown, it's almost like, you feel like it's memory or it's a flashback. Yeah. But then after the twist, you realize it's, she's having flashes of what's to come. Come exactly. Which and, is, and because of the the whole lingual and temporal relationship mm-hmm. that they've she, established in the movie, after that twist, you're just questioning and like reevaluating everything. What was past? What was yeah, uh, exactly. future? What future. is present? Mm-hmm. It's such, the movie uh, makes you question such fundamental things. Uh, that it I don't think you're supposed to rationally get the movie you're not supposed to rationally understand yes. that movie you're just supposed to feel it and that's the beauty of Arrival yeah and and that's the see that was my big complaint with the Interstellar as well right? like as Interstellar the end is it says the fourth dimension was love and which is I get does Christopher Nolan trying to like incorporate a sentimental aspect into his film, but it doesn't land the way this movie does. This movie Amazing example. I'm really glad you brought it up. It's yeah. again an exact example of Denny Villeneuve doing what Christopher Nolan was trying. Exactly. He yeah. had to resort to exposition. You had to have Dr. Brand, which is Anne Hathaway's mm-hmm. character, say it in as many words because yeah, he possibly. wasn't uh, as sure of landing it without somebody explicitly saying it then he will not didn't have to do that no but that's the thing i think as much as i would love to like i, I love to shoot on nolan and i i feel he's been burdened with this responsibility of being this intelligent director that appears to everybody so i i say and and denny will know for, for most of his films does not cater to mainstream hollywood um what do you call um He's not a blockbuster director. Like. He's not, but you see the see, but you see the properties he's been given. Like let's say um, Dune, 
I am not a big fan of Dune as let's say everybody else was with Dune, but asking about Blade Runner 2049, and I will go so far as to say it is better than the original. Uh, and that's yeah. with, without a shred of a doubt. That movie, in, so I've had two great, three now great IMAX experiences uh, ever like that, that I've sat through. The first was Gravity back in 2013. I don't think uh, there has been a movie that has terrified me. It's not a horror movie, so to say, that, that has terrified me the way Gravity has. And I watched it in an IMAX theater and it just, like, it was one of the most immersive visual experiences I've ever had. To Blade Runner 2049, which is, um, you know, and, and it's, it is as cyberpunk as it possibly gets. It's a dystopian Pinocchio story that that takes you down alleyways you did not think possible. Extremely haunting performances. And three, more recently, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, and I will say this, and I know there's an episode, I think in one of the episodes before this, we were discussing Top Gun Maverick. The last 45 minutes of Top Gun Maverick, if adrenaline, if you could ever condense adrenaline onto a screen, <laughs> it is possibly that. Because you... I know I'm like going away from Arrival and we're talking about like we're talking about cinematic experiences, but what Tom Cruise does with Top Gun, especially like the first hour of the film is 80s cheesiness overloaded with some more on top. But in terms of the cinematic experience provides you in, in that last act, I have, I've seen the movie twice now and with each viewing that last act gets better because it's shot practically. And that's another thing with uh, that let's say uh, Villeneuve has a comment. Villeneuve like, hates CG effects. He, he tries to keep it as minimal as possible because he's more he, he's a more in-camera in kind of guy. But coming back to Arrival, I feel we were all, like the movie takes its time. I think Villeneuve's, Villeneuve's films are extremely uh, slow-paced. They're not the most engaging films to watch, but it's worth it because if you pay attention, in the end, you are rewarded for it. When that when that twist and arrival hits, you're just like, I did not see that coming. Yeah, I I feel I'm comfortable talking about Arrival because a lot of people don't like the movie because of what the director's choices are, and so the people who are listening to this episode in all likelihood have seen Arrival. If you have not seen Arrival, um, well, well, I mean, you should not be here. <laughs> I mean, the proverbial horse is bolted. But, <laughs> but uh, I can again I can understand why people would not like Arrival because I know my my father for, for the this most matter, part didn't like it at all for I the most for part it. understanding the movie or understanding and factually understanding sequence of events in a movie is an is an essential part of any narrative like any storytelling exactly. so if if the director is asking for you to give him a little leeway on that front. I can understand that many people may not want to make that choice. They're like, no, like if the timeline doesn't add up the way I see it, I don't get this movie. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly what I'm saying. This is not the kind of movie where you, uh, where that's essential for your enjoyment of the movie. You just need to feel it. And if you are immersed in in the character of Amy Adams and her life journey, there's no way you don't feel the movie. At the end. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, that's arrival from from our end um but yours coming to my third and last movie um again i'm going to go back to 1999 we're going to talk about david fincher's fight club um one more movie uh, very storied plot twist everyone's uh spoken about it i don't know if it's as and again, more to the point that I made earlier, which is that there's more to Fight Club than um, than just its twist, as opposed to say a Sixth Sense. Because even if you look at pop culture parodies or references that uh, allude to Fight Club, it's not always the twist that they talk about. There's a lot of other aspects. Tyler Durden's character in general has mm -hmm. had so many uh, sayings attributed to him. Mm -hmm. There's there's this so much happening in the movie that that has uh, remained in the cultural zeitgeist. But yes, at the heart of it, it is about Edward Norton's character, uh, just suffering basically from sleep deprivation and mm -hmm. hallucinating himself, uh, hallucinating the character of Tyler Durden sure. while it is 
it it's himself that's mm. carrying out all these actions he started the fight club he's this mm. he's this badass sort of leader that the psychos are following mm-hmm. and um, again this is another point that i had made in an earlier episode which is that unfortunately today fight club has strong associations with a sort of toxic subculture where weird in cells huh yeah weird in cells who, uh, there's a sort of anarchistic element to it yeah, and societal it's uh. I'm sure that's not what David Fincher intended. I I can't speak as much for Chuck Palahniuk, uh, mm. who is a bit of a uh, a wild himself. a wild mm. yeah wild uh, card himself. But mm-hmm. uh, the movie is a, has a complicated legacy today, uh, and I feel it is one of those movies which is a great movie, but pop culture discussions have elevated it to a degree beyond its merit. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah all said and done again when when you first see that uh, see the movie and you first see that twist it hits you out of nowhere you are absolutely yeah. not prepared for it the thing which with fight club for me right i i remember watching my dad watched it when when we used to have laser discs back in the day and i remember being kicked out kicked into my room very early on in that movie so that's my earliest association with it <laughs> and uh but it's one of those films because it got so popular i to this day have not seen uh because i just know you need to know, you see the movie through people's perspectives mm-hmm. and it's one of those movies where if you have not watched in time it has been like the novelty of the of the twist is gone for you because of the number of quizzes we've been to ourselves <laughs> where it has been like minimalist poster rounds and just like something that chakkaraniya could have put out that references fight club so you end up seeing the movie through other people's perspectives and i think i've said this on previous episodes as well um and it is it's it's, it's i've seen the twist where he's like he talks about it like wait you you are me and he's like yeah we're we're, we're exactly the same person i think it's got it's got great performances it's there's a wonderful sequence with helena bonham carter and edward norton watching uh yeah the world collapse which is which is Uh, I think there's a Jeff Buckley song playing in the back. I'm not mm. quite sure what what's what song that's playing. Um and it it is much like Six Sense it is the other go-to plot twist film of all time where it was yeah. like oh this is this was a point where multiple personality disorders or um films or were slowly yeah, on, on, like on the rise. Six Sense is he was all, dead all along and here mm. it's like he was Tyler all along. Tyler all along and then there are other movies like Primal Fear which also which then got remade yeah. as Divan 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 again we we've uh, discussed spoken about, spoken about in in previous episodes. So identity also does something very similar but I'm not going to like get into, into details about that. Uh and and yeah I mean I honestly don't know if if what I can say on Fight Club that hasn't already been said. It... Yeah, that's true. I don't think we can add to mm. the mountain of opinions and critiques that. But would you say okay in in the Fincher verse is it the best twist in a Fincher movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's really good at twists. I would say Gone Girl is better than this. I would say even Seven is better than this. I mean Seven is not a twist. it's it's a reveal a twist is different from a reveal i'd yeah. say mm-hmm. so yeah, i would say gone girl is definitely better than this yeah do you have anything else to recommend that we haven't spoken about i mean all of these movies i would definitely recommend people watch mm-hmm. apart from this like we just mentioned gone girl if you haven't amazing movie amazing twist mm-hmm. uh i didn't i was in fact it was a toss up between gone girl and fight club for me i picked fight club because I wanted to stick with movies which are a little older so that people there's lesser chance of a spoiling it is a lot more recent but uh, again we addressed one girl right like in a previous episode we have did we address the twist yeah. i don't know like we we haven't explicitly spoiled it yeah no we have not so gongol is one of the great twists again it's like one of the the great movie what do you twists. call it a, it's not a noir movie it's it's what is it I, it's a drama it's, it's a drama yeah it's like thriller it's, drama, a, it's, it's a thriller, it's a drama thriller drama i don't think it's a noir film it's just too very like for me <laughs> it's too very fucked up people who deserve each other yeah hmm. 
but uh, yeah i mean please give all of these movies a watch if you haven't mm-hmm. uh, and also the movies that have been said uh, he wanted to in- uh, include as well as angel heart all of those movies mm-hmm. are all all are really good and uh, outside of that if you haven't caught up with the boys you're missing out on a lot get on amazon prime right now and mm-hmm. uh, watch everything uh, all of the in fact they also have a spin off cartoon series called diabolical i watched is also yeah. equally amazing uh, give give all of it a watch the boys are amazing it's it's again uh, it's a, it's a superhero show that marvel and dc don't have the balls to make will never have they, the balls they, they cannot make it they have an ip to yeah. protect i understand imperatives will never allow them to make exactly, it so yeah. uh, please give it a watch it's amazing but yeah that's pretty much it for us and yeah i think that brings us to the end of this episode if you have any movies that you think we should watch because done the kind of plot to set that are in it let us know we have a section where you can drop your suggestions in and like i've been alluding to during uh, the episode and we'll see you on the next one we might have a few guests over the next few weeks on certain episodes as we yeah. delve into the new season with uh, exploring topics in television and movies and just generally all across the board so just keep your eyes in uh, keep your eyes peeled and your ears tuned to whatever's <laughs> coming next cool things we will see you on the next one everyone take care have a good one so they open their big mouths and now came talk talk talk